Welcome to another episode of Bible Centered with Victor Jackson. I want to thank you for joining uh, this podcast and listening to this episode and our as we continue our series on the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, yesterday, I, I made mention that I was sick. You probably heard me coughing a little bit um, on the episode. Today, I am in the same uh, predicament. Uh, so much to where I was unable to get to the podcast studio. Uh, I am recording this from home. Uh, but I said, I have to get this to the people with with whatever headache, with all the sneezing, with all the coughing. Um, uh, I appreciate you guys. I, I want you to know that on Spotify, I do make a tab where you can ask questions. Uh, I do want... Uh, your questions like I don't want this just just be a monologue but I want it to be a dialogue you can send questions to me on my Instagram Victor M. Jackson or on my Facebook Victor M. Jackson or Twitter Victor M. Jackson or you can send it to our our church website BibleCenterOrlando.com um this is interactive. You can send me messages. Uh, you can put uh, messages on uh, the podcast. This is interactive. So if you have any questions, I would love to answer those questions in these episodes. Um, questions are, are critical to uh, understanding and learning. And so I welcome questions. And so this isn't just a monologue. This is a dialogue. This isn't just one person speaking, but uh, this is a community. Uh, on this Friday, I just wanted to give an overview uh, because next week we are starting into Matthew chapter 7, uh, the last part of the discourse of Jesus Christ. And um, we talked about how this gospel, the Evangelion, this military strategy, this military victory, <coughs> that this is a gospel that isn't for a select group of people. This gospel is for everybody. That, and Matthew reiterates this over and over again. We talked about it with the lineage. Tamar, who was a Canaanite, Rahab, who was uh, from Jericho, Ruth, who was a Moabite, Bathsheba, who was a Hittite, four Gentile women that came from cursed places in the lineage of Jesus, the power of redemption. It's it's a powerful thing uh, to, to, you know, to un understand how God is able, despite all of the workings of the enemy, how God is able to bend everything to fulfillment is incredible. The gospel, the good news is that what we lost in the Garden of Eden, uh, God gets, gets us back. Uh, whatever we lost, he 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 brings it back to us. Um, 
in, in the garden where he resurrected. And so in the first garden, God deemed certain things to mankind. Uh, the word deem, it means intent. So God deemed things to us. God deemed prosperity. God deemed blessing. God deemed uh, amazing things to man in the Garden of Eden. But hell began to mess with God's deem. The word deem, it means to intend, to will. It, the intention. Hell messed with the deem. And because hell messed with the deem and disrupted the deem, all of the Old Testament is God deeming to man over and over what man is supposed to be, what man is supposed to have. And he gives 613 laws trying to get back what they lost in the garden. And so he deemed, he intended blessing. He intended this, but hell messed with it. And so what God did, because nothing in the Old Testament, nothing from man could get back what they lost in the garden. Uh, they could not uh, capture uh, the weight and the power and the blessing of that deem. What God did is that whenever he robed himself in flesh, he lived for 33 and a half years. He died, was buried, and he rose again. Watch this. Why? So he could redeem. So he reissues the deem through his blood. <coughs> he reissues the deem through his blood. That everything that we lost in the garden through Jesus, we get it back, but only we get back better. We get it back, but we get back better. And so, because Adam and Eve, yes, they talked with God, but they didn't know what it felt like to have God within them. We, we got it better than they got it. We have him living on the inside of us. Isn't that amazing? So to redeem something is greater than the initial deem. Because the redemption, it, it costs something. Through his blood, we get back what we lost in the garden. And we get back something better. Where hell wishes that he never would have messed with God's original intentions. To redeem. And what, what's powerful about this is that when he came to earth, he didn't come through these perfect loins. He came through flawed people, flawed people still trying to do the will of God. This is the overview of Matthew. And that's chapter one. Chapter 2 of Matthew, we, we talked about how the wise men came from the east, traveling 500 to 800 miles to come and worship, that somehow God reached into their pagan ideas and 
and grab them into worshiping the Messiah. They, God was not even in their consciousness. But, but what Matthew is showing, it was God's ability to draw people that God isn't even on their radar. I'm so thankful for the willingness of God to reach into. So you could be drinking alcohol in a club and God can penetrate that club and have somebody tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you're not supposed to be here. You're a child of God. There's a destiny on you. God's spirit and God's call, it knows no bounds. It knows no bounds. The spirit can draw, no, no person can come unto God except the son, except the spirit draw him. And so anybody that has ever come to God, it's because God drew them. So, so no matter what atheist, no matter what sinful lifestyle, no matter what they've come out of, God was drawing them while they were in the pit. We see this with the wise men. God's drawing them, pulling them, as it were, with a thread closer and closer to Jesus. God can use anything to pull people to him. Matthew is emphasizing that the gospel is for everybody. And we talked about this. We talked about, in, in John chapter 3, <coughs> the uniqueness of John the Baptist's ministry. And how he was completely different. How he was his own, in his own sphere. He was distinct to his generation. You know, greatness is rarely appreciated uh, while it's alive. People really didn't appreciate John the Baptist until after his head was put on that charger. People really didn't appreciate the power of John the Baptist until after he was gone. Greatness is rarely appreciated in time. As a matter of fact, some of the greatest paintings, they are not some of the greatest artists that made some of the greatest paintings. These artists aren't appreciated sometimes until a hundred or two hundred or three hundred years later. Uh, greatness is many times ahead of its time. It's misunderstood. Uh, that's what John the Baptist was. He had such a conviction and such a boldness for his time. It was while everyone's going with the mob mentality, but he he had a distinct voice. His sound was as a trumpet. He He cried out from a dark place. He cried out while there was silence for 400 years. Here's John's voice crying out with power. And as he cried out with power, what, what's amazing about this, what's amazing about him crying out with power is that um, he wasn't going with the flow. He was distinct. He dressed different. He talked different. His voice was developed because of the resistance. <clears throat> and he had a role to play. Six months of ministry made, made, made a drastic effect. 
one of made a drastic effect. And so in John in, in Matthew chapter three, we got an appreciation for John's ministry. We got an appreciation for it. In Matthew chapter four, we talked about Jesus being the new Moses and 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 being an example for Israel on how to survive the wilderness and obedience. <laughs> and 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 how his ministry was beginning to spread all throughout as he was preaching in the synagogues and how people started bringing bringing people not only from the synagogues not only from Galilee but Decapolis the place of 10 cities he was ministering globally to the Jews and the Gentiles and that's a profound that's a profound concept um, the effect that he was having they've never seen someone like Jesus that, that is able to teach in a synagogue and and preach and heal and that is that is amazing to me because you see the adaptability of Jesus everyone likes categories everyone likes roles everyone likes to say well that's a teacher well, that's a prophet. Well, that's an apostle. That's an evangelist. That's a pastor. That's a teacher. Uh, Jesus functioned in all of these roles. He functioned in all of these roles. And he was incredibly effective. He had so much thought from heaven that it didn't stop him from action in earth. The, the thoughts were made manifest in his actions. He didn't just think kingdom, he lived kingdom. And that's the desire of every Christian. <coughs> that's the desire for every Christian. Matthew chapter five, we went through the Beatitudes and how salt is distinct and how salt has to be protected, not corrupted. We, we talked about the teachings on loving your enemies and this upside down theology that Jesus had because when you think of kingdom you don't think that it's supposed to be um, what's the word I'm looking for that uh, it, it's supposed to be shown in how we treat one another people like the kingdom to be abstract but Jesus bringing the abstract down to reality showing that the kingdom expands not just by thought or, or by speaking, but but in how we handle our relationships, how we love people, how we treat people. Matthew 6. We talked about doing things with pure motives and pure intentions. And with their, our giving, with our prayer, with our fasting. <clears throat> we talked about the priority of relationship. 
and how in the kingdom relationship with God is the priority. And that the greatest reward that we can have is his presence. He is our reward. I get to know him. I get to spend time with him. I get to talk with him. That is its own reward. And seeking after the kingdom, how it, it eliminates worry and anxiety because you trust that God is going to take care of you. That everything becomes way more simple whenever you're just focused on his kingdom and expanding his kingdom. And um, Matthew 7 uh, on Monday, we're going to be getting through it, the last part of the discourse. And then we get into some of the actions and the miracles <coughs> and the popularity of Jesus' ministry. Um, what we're going to be having on uh, Saturday is we're going to be having Spanish Saturdays. So for those that are Spanish speakers, we're going to be putting a Spanish sermon on Saturdays. So anyone that you know that speaks Spanish, let them know to tune in on Saturday. We'll have a Spanish episode released for them. And for Sunday, <coughs> Sunday, we're going to have some inspiration for you. Oh, man, I'm about to sneeze. Ooh. This this is the raw, this, this is a raw episode today. This is, you're witnessing persistence and, and consistency. That's what you're witnessing. But I, I, what a privilege it is. Um, <coughs> um, Sunday is going to be inspirational. It's going to, we're going to have a sermon on Sundays. So Saturdays is going to be a Spanish sermon. Sundays is going to be English sermon. And then Monday, we start back in Matthew chapter 7. And I love you guys. Thank you for taking time to listen. Share this podcast. I pray that it's blessing people. Get get the book. I had a book signing last week. Hundreds and hundreds of copies <coughs> were signed. And uh, it was just a privilege to meet so many uh, people. Uh, we love and appreciate you. I pray that you have a blessed day. You have a blessed weekend. And understand uh, that Pastor Victor Jackson is praying for you and praying for your family. And um, we're excited about what God's doing. We love and appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll connect soon.